Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Table fam, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name is Isaac. I'm the pastor here at the table and part of our leadership team here. And man, if you've been tracking with us for the last few weeks, you know that we're in a series called Modern Romance, How to Navigate Love, Sex, and Dating, right? And what we said in the first week to kick off, we said the big idea was we don't want to act out of insecurity. We want to act out of love. A lot of times when we think through romance, when we think through love, sex, and dating, we'll act out of fear, act out of insecurity. So we learned that we have our eternal confidence in Jesus, and that's our starting point for everything in life, including dating. And then we learned that the first week. And then last week, who was here? Dan O'Toole just killed that thing. So Dan, our professional director, spoke, and he talked about singleness, and I wasn't here last week. I was out of town, out of training, but I'm just like watching the, the YouTube video um, when, it, when it got posted. I'm just like crying. I'm like, Dan, did such a good job. Look, I'm so helpful, and good job, Dan. Um, but Dan said that his big idea was that God has a perfect plan and purpose for seasons of singleness, and what he just did such a good job is whenever we're, we're single, we can either lean into our singleness or we can run away from our singleness, and that leads us to tonight we're talking about dating, right? And this is what you've been here for. This is like, this is the series. This is the one. This is the one that you're like, yes, I'm ready for this one. This is the one I wanted to hear. Singleness, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Dating, yes, let's go. Or you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here it comes. Or you didn't even come tonight, right? Because you're like, oh, no, I can't. I just can't. I can't handle, I can't handle this, right? There's this dread when it comes to dating, right? And just the word, even the word dating just produces so many emotions in us, right? For some of us, we have just tons of dating experience where we just, we've been on dates, like we know we've been around, like we, we know what to do, like the ins and outs, like we just, we have so much experience when it comes to dating. For others of us, maybe it's some, you're like, yeah, you know, here and there, kind of along the way. Um, it's been a while, but you know, I've been in the game a little while too. Um, or for some of us, it's like, still waiting, right? Yeah, there's, there's very very little to even no dating experience, right? For some of us, again, we're coming from, a lot of us are coming from different spots in the room, right? For some of us, you've never heard a message about dating at a church. And what I'm about to tell you is the very first time that you've ever heard dating in a church service. You've heard a lot about dating, not in church, but this is the first time at a church service you hear somebody talk about dating, right? Or for others, it's like, man, I, I used to be in church, and I've been away for a while, and now I'm back, and it, Isaac, it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've had or heard a conversation uh, about dating. Or for some of you, this is your 47,000 message that you've heard on dating. And you're like, I know what he's going to say. Yup, yup. And then, uh, yeah, then that, yup, that's where he goes. Yup, and then that one, yup, yup. And you just are so familiar. And you just like want to get past this. And maybe you'll hear something new that may actually help this time. Because uh, you still <laughs> maybe stay on the season of singleness, right? And as I say dating, right, you don't even hear dating. You just see a clock above me. The marriage clock. <laughs> and as I say dating, you don't even hear dating. You hear children. Right? Because that's where some, that's what some of us, ooh, that was like a bit of a downer. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, yeah, for, for some of us, like the word, again, the word dating just produces so many emotions. And we know, you know, if you come from a Christian worldview, you know dating is a path to marriage, is a path to children. And that's why we feel so much pressure, right? And we, we may find ourselves, most of us in the room, in a, in a season of singleness. And we just feel so much pressure in that because of that. But here, here's my aim. 
is I want us to have an incredibly healthy view of dating. An incredibly healthy, I don't want us to hear around here and in Orlando and at the table and at First Orlando with young adults, um, I want us to have an incredibly healthy dating culture, right? Because here's what we know about dating. It can create drama. Did y'all know this? Did y'all know that dating can create drama? Did you know that sometimes somebody likes somebody and they don't like them back, but somebody else likes them and it creates these like really weird triangles and it creates a lot of drama and conflict and then friends stop becoming friends, right? Are you aware this happens? So here's what I want to do. I want us to have an incredibly healthy dating culture. But even as we think about dating, most of us are coming from two main camps, right? As we think through dating, or two main cultures, I should say. Um, One of the cultures that some of us are coming from, our background, is in hookup culture, right? And then the other is purity culture. But for for hookup culture, here's, you've experienced this, you know this. Hookup culture is like, yeah, there's the one down the road, but... Oh, that sounds super boring, and I'm not there yet, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to, don't tie me down. Like, I don't want to get exclusive. Like, I just, I'm just here to have fun. I'm here to have a good time, right? I'm just here to do whatever I want with whomever I want. Let's not, let's not put labels on things. Let's not, like, get things to get too serious. So, you know, you're on Tinder, and you're swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping, or um, you're at a bar or a club, right, and just waiting to meet somebody. And then whenever you find somebody, like, with, through an app or whenever you find somebody, like, out, um, then starts the game. And the game is how long is it going to be before we hook up? And then everything around that relationship all just leads to hooking up and being together. And actually, in hookup culture, hooking up starts the dating process. So after there's a hookup, then it's, okay, do I want to be with this person or do I not want to be with this person? Right? And, then, um, and even after the hookup, then like you get with your friends and then, then it's story time. <laughs> Right? So we're like, hey, so this is what happened. Like, oh, like, how did you, like, oh, oh, like, same day? Did you wait a week? Was it two weeks? Was it three weeks? Was it a month? Like, like, oh, man, that's a really long time. Right? And then how did it happen? Right? And it comes story time. And then it's like, well, yeah, I think I like this person. I may, I may consider a relationship with them. Right? Or it's, um, yeah, no, we're done. I mean, after we finished, he just wanted to cuddle, and I just wasn't, like, wasn't, wasn't into that. Right? That, that's hookup culture. And in hookup culture, see, some people then find an alternative to hookup culture. Um, like, you know, not with like random people because that's weird and strange. So some of us have practiced what's called friends with benefits, right? Friends with benefits is a safer alternative to some, to some people's perspective, a safer alternative of just hooking up with random people. Because with friends with benefits, it's still like hooking up, but at least it's someone that you kind of know while you're still kind of pursuing relationships um, outside as well, Right? In, in, in hookup culture, some people seem to really thrive. Maybe, maybe you're here and you even say, yeah, yeah, hey, I like, I'm, I'm someone that I feel like I thrive in hookup culture. But for many of us, for those of us that have experienced hookup culture, we know it just leads to a lot of heartache, right? A lot of just not really knowing how to process, not really knowing how to feel. Like we just seem to be really lost and then we're actually looking for something else, right? Um, going back to with, with Friends with Benefits, there's a, um, Amy Hartstein, she's a licensed counselor, social worker. She says this, with Friends with Benefits, so many heterosexual women end up in these situations, Friends with Benefits, because they are hoping that the guy will eventually become their boyfriend. And that's where some of us have found ourselves, right? To where we'd, we're still want the one down the road, maybe the one even sooner down the road, and ho- we think hooking up is the path to get there. 
Okay, so that's hooking up, hookup culture. Now, the complete opposite of that, right? If hookup culture is kind of on one side, the complete opposite of that is purity culture, right? Purity culture says, yeah, all of that hookup culture, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna remain pure. Because in, in purity culture, remaining pure is the ultimate goal. And whereas hookup culture encourages dating and hooking up, purity culture actively um, discourages dating and discourages hooking up and promotes virginity um, before marriage, right? So in hookup culture, dating equals sex. In purity culture, um, just dating is just so ugly and evil. So in purity culture, there's just no, not really dating. Um, that's practice, right? Whereas in hookup culture, the starting place is sex. In purity culture, the starting place is remaining pure, right? And perhaps um, the one of the leading things, and perhaps if you grew up in church, you have absolutely been influenced by purity culture, Right? You've been, and perhaps you weren't, even, you weren't even aware that you've been influenced by purity culture. There was this movement that started back in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. It was called True Love Waits. Right? And in True Love Waits, here's what happened. They would have these purity pledges that they would get teenagers to sign. Like 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds would sign these purity pledges. And here's the purity pledge um, that they would sign. Right? Where it says, believing that True Love Waits, I make a commitment to God, myself, my family, those I date, and my future mate to be sexually pure until the day I enter marriage. Which, at its heart, you know, you can see there's some goodness in there wanting to remain pure, um, but, um, but they would, like, sign this pledge, right? And then, do you know what Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, and the Jonas Brothers have in common? <laughs> they all had purity rings. So with signing the pledge, uh, in would come this ring that as a high schooler you would put on and then it would um, perhaps encounter, if you've ever done this or had this really weird situations where there's like a 16-year-old that's being purely pure-hearted and she's, she's trying to do the best that she can as, as a church girl and then goes to, you know, to Walmart and then the cashier's like, are you married? And she's like, oh no, that's my purity ring. And they're like, are you in a cult? Like what's going on here? <laughs> So, um, and perhaps the, maybe the most, um, one of the most famous aspects of purity culture was a book, and maybe you've heard of it. If you grew up in church, you probably have, or you definitely have been influenced by it. It's a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Okay, so in I Kiss Dating Goodbye, there's a scene, right? In the book, this guy, Joshua Harris is the author. He writes um, the scene where there's this man on his wedding day, where he's standing here at the altar, and across from him is his soon-to-be wife. So he's here, and then he says, I do. But in the book, it writes that there's a girl, female, next to him holding his hand that also says, I do. And then another female next to her holding her hand that says, I do. And behind this guy on his wedding day, is, there's this, like, um, this line of females that he's been with. So the book's making an argument that when, if you don't remain pure, you bring all this baggage, you bring all this brokenness, um, you, you, give, you gave pieces of your heart away to other people. So on your wedding day, you're just, if you don't remain pure, you're just incredibly brokenhearted. Now, as you can imagine... Um, Oh, and here's uh, the, the purity culture rules. Did you know, don't these sound so fun? Purity culture rules? Everyone's like, yeah, give me the purity culture rules. Woo! Here's the purity culture rules. Don't date and don't go on dates. Why? Because dating leads to sex. And sex is evil and you're a bad person and you're going to be brokenhearted on your wedding day if you have sex before marriage. So don't do it. So don't even go on a date. Right? Also, don't even, you know what? Don't even kiss before marriage. Your first kiss should be on your wedding day. 
That's what purity culture teaches in classic forms. And also, don't, don't give your heart away. All right? Don't do it. So now, here's what, here's what the book and here's what purity culture did. You're not going to believe this. It instilled a lot of fear in people. Because it's like, I can't mess up, right? So I'm just really fearful because if I mess up, if I'm imperfect, then I'm not going to be loved. I'm going to have baggage on my wedding day. I'm going to be brokenhearted. Nobody's ever going to love me. God doesn't love me. I didn't remain pure. I broke the pledge that I signed. Um, you know, the, the purity ring that I had just is, is worthless now. Um, so it just instilled a lot of fear in people for making mistakes when it comes to relationships. And here's the second thing that it did, purity culture. Um, it instills a sort of like prosperity around if you remain pure, you will have the most amazing marriage that you've ever had in your life. If you remain pure, you will have the most amazing sex life you've ever had in your marriage. If you remain pure, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Right? So purity culture, and perhaps you're sitting here and you're like, wow, Man, um, yep, I kind of grew up in that, and I didn't realize that I, grew, that I grew up in that. So here's what happens. Hookup culture and purity culture will wage war against each other, right? So purity, you're not going to believe this, but purity culture looks at hookup culture with judgment and condemnation. Like, ooh, gross, you're not pure, right? And now hookup culture looks at purity culture and calls them prude and traditional Right? And like you just don't know how the world works. Um, you're out of touch. You're old-fashioned. Right? Here's the irony. Both are about sex. Hookup culture says, have all the sex that you want, consequence-free. Whereas purity culture says, hey, do everything you can, even dating, to avoid sex, to avoid um, getting contaminated. Right? And now, I know for some of us in the room here at the table, perhaps you're here because you started in hookup culture. And you realize that hookup culture is actually not the place where you want to be. And you're looking for another option, and you don't know if you can see another option. But then you kind of see purity culture, so then you kind of venture into purity culture, but now you just feel a lot of shame and guilt around your past because you're not pure. Because in purity culture, purity is like the ideal, right? And if you're not pure, if you haven't remained pure, oof, there's a lot of shame and guilt associated with that. Or... If you're like me, <laughs> you started in purity culture and then explored hookup culture, right? So this is part of my story. So I grew up in purity culture. Like, I signed the pledge. I had the, the purity ring. Um, I remember being in church, and my, my youth pastor, and he, um, he told the story about how on his wedding day, he had a purity ring, and the woman that he was marrying, she had her purity ring. And on their wedding day, they exchanged their purity rings to each other. And then the wedding rings to each other. And then everyone starts clapping, and it's like, that's amazing. That's incredible. That's how it should be. And I remember as a high schooler thinking, like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, as I'm putting my purity ring on, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want. I'm just going to remain pure until my wedding day, right? This is, this is how life's going to be for me. Um, so then, I actually, because of that, I never dated in high school because none of the girls at my high school were Christian enough for me. Dude, did y'all just cringe at me? I hope you did, right? That's, that's good. Uh, so I got to college, and uh, eventually I started dating, but like in the pure way, right? So I remember like in college, there would, be, there would be girls, and I would be like in an apartment. And I remember like the girl would be like on one couch, and then I wanted to date in a pure way. So I would be like on the furthest couch away from her, just to like not have any temptation, not even cross that road. I'm like, you know, you're way over there, I'm way over here, right? Okay, it's 8.30, I need to leave, right? So here's what I, was, I thought I was doing in college, is I was collecting a lot of purity tokens, right? Every time I would remain pure, here I would get a token, right, metaphorically, right? 
and I would just collect these tokens, collect these tokens. When I graduated college, I just had this bag of purity tokens, metaphorically, that I was so proud of that I'd earned for dating so pure throughout college. So eventually, I get to, um, I get to after college, I get to become a, a young professional, um, and I was living in Dallas, and um, I'm ready to cash in all of my purity tokens, everything that I'd earned, right? Because that's what purity culture teaches that I grew up in. If you remain pure, you will be blessed with an amazing relationship. So there was someone that I wanted to be blessed with an amazing relationship with, and I'm ready to cash in all of my purity tokens. And it didn't work. Everything that I thought I had earned didn't work out for me. So how do I respond? I get so mad at God because I earned it. I earned an amazing relationship because I kept myself pure. So now what do I do? Well, if purity culture doesn't work, let me do what everybody else does. Let me venture into hookup culture. And then I venture into hookup culture in the most heartache that I've ever experienced, the most regret that I've ever experienced, um, the, the moments in my life that, caused me, that have caused me the most shame that I've experienced was me venturing into hookup culture. So um, for some of you, you, you've really enjoyed hookup culture, right? It, it seems to be working for you. For others of you, you really enjoy purity culture. It seems to be working for you. These are my parents. My parents were kind of born into and grew up in purity culture, and this is what they wanted for me as well. And they, ha- they were incredible parents. They have an amazing marriage. They didn't really date a lot. They, my dad actually met my mom when they were 16 years old in high school, and they started dating, and then they got married. Right? I'm in my later 20s. I'm trying to ask my dad for dating advice, and he's like, sorry, son, I, got mar- I met your mom when I was 16. I don't really have a lot for you. So, so for some of us, you know, hookup culture and purity culture may be, may be an option, but I came to this moment when I realized that neither hookup culture nor purity culture were good options for me. I needed something else. So the thing that I discovered, the thing that was helpful to me, um, was this thing that we started off with, healthy dating culture. And as I've been on this journey of healthy dating culture, right, I just want to share with you um, wisdom and scripture and insight um, into what I can prescribe for you in the most helpful way possible to pursue dating in an incredibly healthy way. So you're not living in fear and purity and purity culture, nor are you living with heartache and hookup culture. Right? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Colossians, Colossians 1, 9 through 10. It'll also be on the screen in front of you. Colossians 1, uh, 9 through 10, where he says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Okay, if you're smart, you're asking Isaac, that was not a verse on dating. <laughs> like, like, what's going on? I thought you said you are going to talk about dating, and you read the Bible, and that the verse wasn't about dating. Wait, there's actually not a single verse in the Bible about dating. There's not. But here's what there's a ton of verses on. There's a ton of Bible and scripture and truth about how to be a healthy person, how to be a healthy Christian, how to live. And that's why I love this passage because it just tells us, hey, here's how to be a healthy person, right? The the way that we be a healthy person is we want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And as we're doing that, we're bearing fruit in every good work, right? And it says, and the way, the pathway to that to that understanding is spiritual wisdom. I love this word wisdom. 
Because this word wisdom basically means skilled living. How to live life in a skillful way. And man, don't we want that? <laughs> For those of us that are in the season of dating or trying to explore seasons of dating, we just want to get good at it. We want to be better. We want to be skillful. We want wisdom when it comes to romantic relationships, when it comes to dating, right? So how do we get wisdom? Well, as it says, we can look at the Bible as the high source of wisdom, the Holy Spirit. We can look at mature Christians, uh, mentors, married couples. We can look at Christian counselors. So I remember I was at the back when, like, when I was single, and I was kind of um, in my phase where I realized I know nothing about dating. I don't know anything. I've kind of made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, so I'm at a bookstore. I'm in, the, um, I'm in one of the sections of the bookstore, and there's this book. It's on the screen here. It's called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping by Henry Cloud. So I look at this book, and I look at the cover, and I'm like, man, that's a really girly cover. Okay. But then I thought, man, but it's kind of it's kind of, it seems interesting, right? Because, oh, for me, like, yeah, I have everything figured out, but, man, I do young adult ministry. And I'm sure the young adults will want to know what that book has to say. So let me just read the book so that I can be helpful for other young adults as they navigate their dating life, right? This isn't for me. I don't need this. I'm good, right? But for everyone else, I want to read this to be helpful. So I started reading it, and as I was reading it, I realized that, no, I 100% need to read this, and I really didn't know what I was doing uh, when it came to dating. And this book, um, along with Scripture and Mentors, was the most helpful um, as it came to uh, have a, a full understanding when it comes to healthy Christian dating. So as we are, so take a picture of this book, write it down, How to Get A Worth Keeping, highly, 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 10 out of 10 recommend, the most practical book. And a lot of the insights that I'm pulling from, from the rest of our time together will be pulled from other sources, but a lot from this book as well. Okay, so as we talk about dating, um, you ask somebody for a definition of dating and they're going to give you like 47 different definitions of dating right? Like the word dating just means lots of different things to lots of different people. So I want to help us provide clarity on what we mean by that. So with dating, um, here's the first category of phases of dating, right? So Dan talked about this last week. It's not dating. <laughs> That's where everybody starts. Everybody starts with not dating. Now, from not dating, we move to kind of, for many of us, the end goal, which is marriage, right? Marriage is a form and kind of the final culmination of dating. Now, before marriage, here's what's called exclusive dating, or you may refer to this as boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? You would call somebody the, your boyfriend or their girlfriend. This is exclusive dating. Now, do you see this gap? This is where the most questions come up. This is where the most confusion comes up. This is where the most, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to navigate that. I'm at the not dating phase right now. I want to get to the marriage dating phase right now. I don't know how to get there. Uh, maybe I've experienced exclusive dating, but I'm not currently exclusively dating. Um, here's the gap. <laughs> and we're going to call this gap friendly dating. And for the rest of our time, I'm just going to help us navigate friendly dating. Now, if you are in exclusive dating or, you know, for some of us, the goal after friendly dating would be exclusive dating, I'm going to talk about exclusive dating next week. This week, I'm purely going to talk about um, uh, friendly dating or non-exclusive dating, and I'm going to ask three questions. And the three questions that I'm going to ask are, um, why to friendly date, who to friendly date, and how to friendly date. So we're going to ask why friendly date, who to friendly date, and how to friendly date. And as I'm talking about this, some of you, honestly, you may get angry with what I'm about to say. Because what I'm about to say is going to dismantle, perhaps, the worldview that you came in with. And now somebody is actively undermining everything that you thought to be true about relationships. And your response may be anger. 
And I'm just saying, I can take it, you can be angry, it's okay, right? But I'm, I'm still going to say what I feel like I need to say. Now, for some of us, we may just may feel incredibly discouraged, right? As you think through the day, and even as, as I've been talking for a while, you just feel really discouraged. Um, or my hope is that as we process healthy Christian dating, right, or healthy dating, and as we process um, friendly dating, kind of that, that weird gap between not dating and exclusive dating, um, we feel incredibly empowered and equipped. So the, for the rest of our time, I want us, I'm going to help us to feel empowered and equipped when it comes to that weird phase between not dating and exclusive dating. Are you guys with me? Are we tracking? Okay. We've got some head nods. We've got a, like a small like, whoop over here. Okay. Okay, so that was a setup for friendly dating, so this is what you came for. Okay, so um, why, why friendly dating? Okay, here's why. This is why you may get angry, and I'm okay. If you get angry, it's okay. Friendly dating is not only about marriage. Ooh. Friendly dating is not only about marriage. Marriage is for marriage. Exclusive dating leads to marriage. We'll talk more about that next week. But friendly dating is not only about, mar- about marriage. Friendly dating can be about learning what you need and want and how you need to grow and change. But that's it. Friendly dating, not being exclusive with someone and going on dates, can be about learning what you need and want and how, to need, and how you need to grow and change. Dating, friendly dating, is about the person you are and the person you're becoming. God can use the friendly dating process in order to grow you. God can use the friendly dating process in order to mold you to become more like his son, Jesus. God does that in many aspects of our life, and God is not absent of our dating. It's not like, all right, God, I'm going to date over here, and then whenever I arrive, then I'll come back to you and present to you all of my findings of the the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. No, God is actively involved in the friendly dating process, and he's going to use friendly dating in order to grow you and mold you and change you. Here's why friendly dating is awesome, too. Friendly dating... um, is an activity where you do fun, meaningful things with interesting people. Friendly dating is an activity where you do fun, meaningful things with interesting people, right? If dates were solely about finding somebody who is marriage material, then at the end of the dates, at the end of this fun activity with an interesting person, you get to that and then you'll evaluate the last one to three hours of your life if it was successful or not. And then if, you, if they're not marriage material, then you feel like, oh, that wasn't worth it, and I just wasted my time. Instead of using that time to just say, hey, this was an enjoyable experience. I'm not sure if we'll go out again, but this was an enjoyable experience, right? Um, so we may de- deem the date of no value if the person is not marriage material, right? So we want a friendly date to have fun. We want a date to learn, and we want a date to experience fun things. Here's what friendly dating does as well. It takes the pressure off, right? With the funnel, can we, can we put the funnel back on? Mind, uh, sir? Um, so with, with the funnel, here's what marriage does. Marriage is like this impending, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And with that, the wong, it puts so much pressure. It's like this, like, black hole that's, like, sucking everything to it. And it's, like, just sucking, and you're, like, in the not dating phase, and you just feel marriage just, like, sucking you, and you're trying to, like, ah! And it's just such a powerful force for some of us, right? So we even venture down it, and it's, like, we're literally, like, we're trying not to get too close to the center of a black hole because it's going to suck us in. And that's the pressure that we feel when it comes to dating. So we don't feel the freedom in order to explore friendly dating, to get to know people, to do fun things with fun people, to get to know them because we're, like, I'm getting too close to marriage, ah! Right? 
So, so friendly dating takes the pressure off. Here's what friendly dating gives you an opportunity to love and to serve others. Right? When you're on friendly dates, when you're on um, at non-exclusive, getting to know people, right? It, it helps you um, just to love and to serve people, right? And perhaps people that you wouldn't even normally can have opportunities to love and to serve, right? We want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, right? Doing good, doing good works. And we can do good works while we're on a date with somebody that we're not going to marry, right? I'll get more to that in a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, and friendly dating helps you grow in relational skills. Some of us feel like we're not equipped relationally, right? And the more that we go on friendly dates, the more that we have opportunities to, get to, to grow our relational skills, to have conversations with people that we wouldn't ha- normally have conversations with, and then we just get skilled at being able to have conversations and getting to know people and getting to show interest in people, right? And it's, it's incredibly, um, it helps us grow in our, in our relational skills. Okay, so that's why friendly date. Okay, what about who to friendly date, right? Who to friendly date? Um, in some senses, it's anybody, <laughs> right? If there's not this dooming pressure of marriage, if by you saying yes to a date does not mean they're going to marry them, right? That's purity culture. That's what I grew up in, right? I was so fearful of asking someone out because I'm like, man, do I want to marry them? What would our kids look like? And I would not even go on a first date because I'm like, yeah, we're not getting married. I'm out. Right? And there's so much. That's a lot of pressure to put on a first date. That's a lot of unknown. It's a lot of, I don't, it's a lot of things to try to figure out, which is why we go on friendly dates, is to, help, is to get to know people. Right? So for who, who to friendly date, um, I'm going to give us some general stuff and then some specific stuff. So here are the general stuff. As you're going on friendly dates, um, I would say initially um, you want to consider people that are in your network, and then, um, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, more practicals later, but generally just anybody, if you've never been on a date in the last six months, and somebody asks you on a date, say yes. If um, you have not asked somebody out on a date, because there's like no good people, right, (laughs) and you desire to move into exclusive relationship, you want to move into romance, you have to ask somebody out on a date right? So do that. (laughs) You can do that without this looming pressure of marriage. But with the five C's, here's what you want to look for, is character. As you're considering dating, you want to look at their character, right? You also want to look at chemistry, competency, community buy-in, and career. Okay, what do I mean by that? Character. What is their character like? Dot, 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 really? No, really, what is their character like, right? Behind the scenes, whenever you're with them, how do they treat people? What is their character like? Are they somebody that's incredibly loving and gracious and kind person? Or are they somebody that's really defensive? Are they somebody that's really argumentative? Is this, are they somebody that can't be told no? That is, I described most of y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? But there's, not that there's perfection, but there's, there's a trend. There, there's consistency, Right? Are they somebody who, um, says, who does what they said they're going to do? Is there consistency, character, chemistry, right? As we're, as we're considering friendly dating, is there chemistry? Is there vibe? Is there, yeah, we get along. There's kind of natural rapport with this person. Is there competency, right, as we're considering dating? Um, is there, um, do you feel like you're having to drag them along? Do you feel like you're 14 steps ahead of them? Do you feel like they're just incompetent? Right? 
Do you feel like you're constantly needing to babysit them, to look after them, to care for them, right? And part of the reason we think that's normative is is incredibly stereotypically, um, females just tend to advance quicker than males, stereotypically, right? So now females feel like, oh, that guy's an idiot, but man, they all are, so. (laughs) Right? And then you get, like, like bogus, then you say, like, a lot of the sitcoms in the 90s where dad is just an idiot, and mom's like, there he goes again. He's just another one of the kids, constantly having to clean up his mess. That's not competency, right? <laughs> um, like, if you feel like you're an adult in a relationship, that's not a good relationship. There should be equality, right? You want it, the scripture says to be equally yoked, right? Um, so also, community buy-in. What are your friends saying? What do your friends say? Is there a community buy-in, right? Um, is the community buying into this dating process of friendly dating and career? What's their career trajectory? Do they have a career? Do they not have a career, right? If they don't have a career, if there's not any sort of life direction in their life, you know who's going to provide them life direction? You are. And that is exhausting. <laughs> if you're constantly needing to provide life direction for somebody, that's exhausting, right? And then it's almost like, hey, um, I don't really need a career because I'm just waiting, right? So this, say somebody's in the non-dating phase, and they're like, I don't really need a career because I'm just waiting for marriage. Oh, is that too real? <laughs> Too real. I'm sorry. I'll, let me lean in even more. Okay. <laughs> right? So you don't, you don't know that. I mean, I, I hope marriage is in the picture for many of us, but you don't know that. Right? And this is what, I love what Dan said last week, this is what healthy singleness looks like. Because as you're navigating this, you're a single person. And that God has a perfect plan and a purpose for your life, for you to walk in your plan and your purpose. And don't wait for somebody else to come in to tell you your plan and your purpose. We are fully independent adults, right? And we can move forward in what God has for us. So career. Okay, so those are general stuff to look for. The five C's, character, chemistry, competency, community buy-in, and career. I'm going to talk more about this next week when it comes to uh, exclusive dating. Um, Here's something else, though, is that we are all unique people. And in our uniqueness, there are specific things that would be a better fit for us than other things, right? So so here is the list 2.0. Here's the list 2.0 where we, you start getting specific around the things that would be a really good fit for you, right? And how do you discover the things that will be a good fit for you? Friendly dating. You go on friendly dates to evaluate um, a list of things that you're looking for that would be a good fit for you, right? And here's what we're looking for. We're looking for traits not a type. We're looking for traits, not a type, right? So in, in the book, it describes the story of this dude um, um, that was um, really um, attracted to incredibly domineering women. And that was his type, was incredibly domineering women. Because they found, it, it, it came out that um, his mom was incredibly domineering and would just make every decision for him. So even as a, an adult, Mom would still come in and just make every decision. So whenever he was looking for a suitor, he wasn't looking for a suitor. He was looking for mom to come in to tell him what to do. So his type was incredibly just decisive women. Now, I'm not saying that being a decisive woman, I think that's an incredible trait, but for some that may be a better fit than for others. That's the point that I'm trying to make, right? 
Um, so we're looking for traits, not a type. The book also gives us this example of this, this woman, all right? And she was attracted to men. And um, as she's attracted to men, it's not just a man. It's like a manly man, like, needs to, like, hunt bears with his bare hands, own a shotgun, wear flannel, have a beard. And the reason that that was her type was because she herself did not feel very womanly. So she felt like she needed to be with like a stereotypical macho manly man because at least around him, that type of person, she could at least feel more womanly, right? So through counseling and through mentorship and through the growth process and through, here's what it takes to look for traits and not a type. So you have to get to know different types of people, right? Whenever we're talking about traits, I'm not talking hair color. That's stupid. I mean, hair color is amazing. But if you're, if, you're, if you're using hair color to decide someone to spend time with, doesn't that just sound kind of superficial? <laughs> If we're using, like, trait, like, uh, if we're using, like, kind of just attributes, like surface-level attributes as our filtering process to figure out, to make down the road one of the most important decisions of our life, there's something more to that. Now, homie, you're saying traits, not a type. There's still specific traits, right? But here, let me give you an example. So this was my list of traits that I had when, in 2019 when I started this process. Here's the list of traits that I was looking for. Okay, here we go. Here's Isaac's list in 2019. Somebody who's attractive, right? Look, if you want somebody that you find beautiful, that's not a bad thing, right? Because, here's why, the person that you're with wants to feel beautiful around you. And if you don't find them beautiful, that's not a good fit. Because you're constantly not going, you're going to be to be faking it if you're constantly trying to like make them feel beautiful if you don't actually mean it. Now, attractiveness and beauty, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? What may be attractive to you may not be attractive to somebody else, right? So there's not like a standard of attractiveness. There really isn't. Um, I love, um, there was a pastor back in uh, the Dallas area where he says like his wife is his standard of beauty, Right? The, the more that he, you know, he thought his wife was incredible and attractive and beautiful, and the longer they've been together, she has become his standard of beauty. Right? And also, I'll get to that here in a little bit. Okay. In my own story. Okay. So, attractive. Somebody who's fun, right? For me, I like having a good time. I like having fun, right? So, I don't be like, hey, let's do something. They're like, at home knitting. And maybe that's fun for you. That's not fun for me. <laughs> I don't like crafts. I don't like staying home and knitting. Like, that just sounds super boring, right? I want to go out. I want to do stuff. Um, I want somebody, I want it back in 2019, somebody who, not just because I like making jokes, um, but somebody who can make me laugh. Somebody that we can have a good time together, right? Somebody who was fun. Somebody who was curious, right? So um, I learned this bef- actually before, before, 20, before 2019. I, I knew this one uh, uh, because there was someone that I was spending time with um, and was incredibly dull, <laughs> and would not ask questions, and sta- statements would be made, and then she'd be like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this is not, not going to work. Okay. So, so somebody who's curious, somebody that can ask questions, somebody who, who like, wants to learn more about the world around them, somebody who likes to learn, right? That's a good fit just for me. This is not, no, this is my list. This is not, if you like things from this, cool. This is not Bible. This is just me as I've been on this journey of more self-discovery. That's, uh, this is my list. And also wise, somebody who is skilled at living. Okay, so I took this list, 2019, and I'm going around. And I'm using this list. And now, as I'm going on um, friendly dates, 
friendly dating, I'm saying, okay, are they, oof, okay, not curious, nope, not a good fit. Okay, next. Um, okay, um, ooh, I don't think they're um, not really fun. That's kind of kind of boring. I didn't really have a good time being with that person, right? To where eventually, um, you know, there were, eventually I realized, I get to, can we put up Isaac's list in 2020? I realized through the process that whenever I said wisdom or wise, what I really meant was aware. Somebody who was aware. Somebody who was aware internally somebody who's aware socially, somebody who could just like read a room and just be aware and be, be, um, be like, kind to people and be loving to people and is aware of others as well as herself. That's what I was looking for, right? So with me and my wife Lauren, um, Lauren and I had actually um, um, had time together one-on-one back in 2019. But I didn't realize Lauren was what I was looking for. Right? Because then I looked at my list and I was like, okay, Lauren's, you know, Lauren's amazing. You know, we had a good time, but I don't know. Um, you know. Uh, so then we get to 2020 and, um, you know, through a series of events and um, getting kind of reconnected back here, like on staff and here at the table, um, we start going out again. And I realize once I switched wise to aware, Lauren, already in my life, Lauren, already a friend of mine. But I realized she is one of the most wise people that I know. And it was so amazing and so beautiful, as well as she was so incredibly attractive, and she's so fun, right? We laugh so much together, right? And she's so curious. We have such amazing conversations, and we love learning together. And now uh, being married, uh, she's, um, uh, she loves me so much that she watches my nerdy YouTube videos with me, and it's incredible. Um, but I realized that, like, Lauren, what I was looking for, so as throughout the friendly dating process— I was able to realize, man, this is, this actually, Lauren actually is somebody that I want to move into an exclusive dating relationship with, right? So, so that's um, who to friendly date, right? We want to look at general stuff, but we also want to look at specific stuff um, around just stuff specific to us. And the only way to figure out your list of that's helpful for you, right? Because eventually, here's what happens. You find somebody that, if you find somebody that, um, is kind of hitting the, the list, not superficial stuff, but things that are very specific to you, and they seem to be hitting the list, but you're not feeling it, that's not your list. There's something else going on, right? And what the list does is not actually about a list, but here's what the list does. It helps become aware of the true things in life, right? So this is what this process does. It helps us just become aware of the, of the people um, around us, right? So now, as we're, now, um, as we're navigating um, generals and as we're navigating specifics, now we're getting to our last question of the night. How to friendly date? How do we friendly date? And here's um, most of us in this room, myself included, uh, many of us are incredibly passive <laughs> uh, when it comes to dating, right? And some of us may say things like, and I know you've never said this before, um, there are just no good men out there. They're already taken. Or, um, man, I live somewhere where there's no one to date. You feel that? Or, um, there's just not enough women out there, you know? Or, man, the, the attractive ones don't have value and the spiritual ones are boring. <laughs> Oof. And you're like, oh no, am I boring? <laughs> I'm spiritual. <laughs> right, especially, right, I was talking to our staff today, especially just ladies, you feel like they're slim pickings. Right? You're here, and you're trying not to look around, like, oh no, is he talking to me? I definitely think that, but I don't want to look that I think that, as I'm just staring straight at Isaac, not making eye contact with anybody else around me. Right? So here's what we do. Oftentimes, we, we blame our circumstances around why we're not friendly dating. We'll blame our circumstances. And then from that, we don't take action 
So here's um, in Proverbs 13.4, it says this, Lazy people want, want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. This is the Bible, y'all. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Right? So don't be lazy in dating and then think that the problem is that the, there's no good ones out there. Right? And at the same time, if you want to prosper when it comes to romance, if you want to prosper when it comes to dating in a, an incredibly healthy way, it's going to take hard work, and it's going to be painful. It's going to take hard work, and it's going to be painful, right, as we navigate this how-do-we-friendly-date process. So um, for the rest of our time, I'm going to give us 14, you heard me right, buckle in, y'all, 14, I'll go quickly, but 14... I promise I'll go fast. I'll try. I'll really try. I think it's helpful, which is why I, like, they're like, I got to the, the pre-service meeting, and they're like, Isaac, you have 14 like, steps? And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I want it to be as, be as helpful as I can. 14 practical tips on friendly dating. Number one, um, be in a life group or a discipleship group or a group. If you don't have a group around you, I'm not convinced, and I don't know if you're convinced, if you're in a healthy place to pursue, um, pursue uh, friendly dating because Part of the friendly dating process is you're constantly evaluating. I'll get to that later, but you're constantly evaluating with your squad. And if you don't have people in your life, life group, discipleship group, others, another group that you regularly meet with, um, that's the, the best first step is for that to happen, that we have people to process with. Right? Number two, be honest with yourself before starting friendly dating. Right? Dan did such an incredible job, again, last week, where he talked about singleness. And for some of us, here's, here's the most helpful thing I can say is that we need to remain in a season of singleness. Not every single person in this room is in a spot where you feel good, where you're healthy to pursue, um, pursue uh, friendly dating, right? For some of us, and maybe, um, maybe for some of us, you know, we're in, uh, remember, you don't need to put it back, but remember the funnel, we're like not dating, um, and then marriage at the bottom, not dating, kind of like uh, friendly dating, um, exclusive, exclusive dating in the middle. Um, We'll start exclusively dating in our hearts and our minds while we're not dating. And then it doesn't work out because they start dating someone else. Or they're just not interested. And now you're going through a breakup of a relationship that you weren't even in. (laughs) Right? Like, if you're mourning the loss of a breakup that you were not in an exclusive relationship in, I'm not sure that you're in the healthiest place to move into dating, right? You have to be able to be able to, to, to work through that, right? So number three, hey, let's say you are. Let's say you're in a life group. Let's say you're in a good spot. Um, uh, you're not mourning the loss of a breakup of a relationship that you were not in. Um, be consistently meeting people and developing friendships. Be consistently meeting people and developing friendships, right? For those of us, we want to pursue dating, and then we keep hanging out with the same people. And we don't want to go on friendly dates with them. And we don't want to ask them. And they don't want to ask us. And then we just stay like that. Okay, be consistently meeting new people. Put yourself out there, right? Change your foot patterns, right? Um, you, you can't expect God to just be like, oh, here's the Amazon Prime guy. He came to deliver you a package and it's a ring. <laughs> it's not going to work. You have to put yourself out there. Yes, God is in the picture. Yes, God is sovereign. Yes, God will bring you somebody, right? But you can't put the entire responsibility on God and then blame him for why you're not being asked out or asking others out. 
we have to walk in the good works that God has prepared before us, which includes dating, right? So some places to meet people, or read this list, church, um, talk to friends about getting set up, attend events sponsored by organizations, go to parties, join organizations and activities related to your interests, check the newspaper, or that was old, okay. <laughs> Uh, throw parties, start something, right? Seek out and attend events, right? Um, go to recreation spots, exercise, go to the gym, take a class, join your coworkers when they go out. Yes, even be on an app. Ooh. You can use an app as part of your tool belt, but don't, you're not fully relying on it, but it's not, there's nothing sinful, there's nothing wrong about using an app to help meet new people, to change your foot patterns, right, to get yourself out there. I would say do that along with change your foot patterns, right? I wouldn't rely exclusively on an app. I would still um, rely on just foot pattern change and try to meet new people that way. Um, so, yeah, uh, consistently meeting people. Number four, um, for the first ask, right, so let's say, um, you know, for the first ask of let's, let's just say that a guy is asking a girl out on a date, um, make it count and don't play games. Okay, what do I mean by that? Okay, make it count. If a guy asks a girl and he says, hey, would you like to go on a date, right? And if you've been now here, you know, it's a friendly date. It's no pressure. You can say yes. You can say no. If you have not been on a date recently, just say yes. If he's not a creepo, right? If he's a creepo, say no. Gross. But if he's... <laughs> But if you, for whatever reason, if you say yes, then go. But let's say, let's say she says no. Dudes, don't ask her out again. That's harassment. <laughs> for the <laughs> there's, there's, this thing, there's this thing called boundaries. And when, a, when someone says no, be as, uh, when someone says no, they put up a boundary. And when you violate that boundary... That's not okay, and that's harassment, right? I think part of it, though, is like our, our parents and how we saw like a lot of people like in the 70s and 80s, how they start dating. Like, what do you see? You see like a dude at the girl's window just like throwing rocks? <laughs> and then she's like, stop throwing rocks. And he's like, no. And then like the next day he has a guitar, and she's like, okay, you can play me a song if you want to. <laughs> And then he starts playing a song, right? And then she's like, okay, fine. If you come back tomorrow, then maybe I'll say yes. What is that? Y'all, don't play games. Don't play games. Say yes or say no, right? If you're going to say yes, say yes. If you're going to say no, say no. But don't play games, right? And again, if he's not dangerous and you haven't gone out on a date, just say yes. And um, if you're the one asking someone out, um, um, just you have not asked someone out recently, but you want to pursue romantic relationships, just find somebody as you're exploring your list, right? Are they someone that's interesting? Are they someone that you're curious about? You're not marrying this person. You're not. You probably won't marry this person. But you can have a friendly date um, to where you can um, just get to know them. They can get to know you. Okay. Um, okay, y'all are going to love this one. Uh, clarity is kindness. Hanging out versus dating. Ooh. Mm. Okay, be clear, and if there is not clarity, ask for clarity. It's possible, right, I'm just going to assume this, it's possible for a guy and a girl to spend time together and it not be a date, right? It's possible, but that's probably somebody that you've known for a while already, right? It's possible, right? 
Um, and, and, that's, and that would, what I would call a hangout. But, like, why are y'all hanging out? Like, is there, like, a specific reason? Or, or are you just, like, hedging your bets by, like, not calling it a date and then just saying hanging out, but you know, like, if you were to be honest with yourself, that, like, you actually do kind of want it to be a date, and you pay, you kind of treat it like a date, but then you don't call it a date, and you keep things really ambiguous, and then, and then she's, like, really confused and has no idea what's going on. But again, this is, this is why like, it, gets a little, it gets a little nuanced because like I'm, okay, I'm stepping well away from the teaching table. This is Isaac's opinion corner, okay. <laughs> it's very small, this is very small, and then I'll get back to the teaching table, but this is Isaac's opinion corner. Sometimes when I go too wide, the camera doesn't catch me, so I'm going to stand right here, okay. Isaac's opinion, kind of right here. Look, um, um, if you're hanging out, let's just again assume a guy and a girl, you can hang out once, but if you're hanging out multiple times, even in the same week, what's going on? <laughs> like, there's something, clearly there's something going on, and then I'm like, okay, have you explored the traits? Clearly there's something that's interesting to you. So if you're exploring the traits, that's a date. If you're not exploring the traits, it's not a date, it's a hangout. But be clear, and at any moment, if you want clarity, ask for clarity. If someone asks you out to do something, and you're like, is this a date? Ask them. And then if they lie to you, and then you, they say, no, 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 we're just hanging out, but it kind of feels like they're exploring traits with you, nope, you're done, because he's not honest. Okay. Um, it's also, part of it too, part of the clarity as well comes from, um, it, it's possible, now, let me being said, okay, back to Isaac, then there's, <laughs> let me give like, um, let me give Isaac's uh, vulnerability square over here, okay. Okay. Um, there are things that I've done really well, and there's things that I've messed up in a lot. And I feel like this clarity is one of the things that I, if I were to, like, repeat things from the past, I feel like at times I was incredibly unclear and unhelpful, and it caused harm um, because of that, right? So part of it, though, just for, let me be gracious to the ambiguous guys that have, um, or people that are asking it out. Um, part of it is just the fear of rejection that they're working through, Right? So just because they don't initially call it a date doesn't mean you need to be like, oh, I'm out on this person, even though I kind of just said that. But, but provide an opportunity to just to ask with, just provide an opportunity just to ask for clarity if there's not clarity. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay. Um, uh, clarity is kindness. Number six, because um, people, people feel rejection on both sides, right? So part of that is just trying to avoid being, okay, moving on. Okay. Number six, um, uh, be, uh, be specific with your plans, right? When asking out on a friendly date, don't say like, oh yeah, uh, you know Thursday afternoon. But yeah, I'll just I'll just text you when I get when it gets to like 3 p.m. on Thursday if we're still hanging out or not. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. You provide well in advance. Different people are. This is um um. Uh, adults have a calendar. Adults make plans. Adults don't wait around with ambiguity, right? So if you want to date like an adult, um, be specific with your plans and wherever you're making plans with somebody. Um, um, have a date, a time, and a location, right? A date, a time, and a location before that day, hopefully a few days before in advance. A date, a time, and a location. And again, I'm just going to say this, kind of halfway in between Isaac's opinion and teaching table, uh, just dudes, pay. If it's a date, just pay. Just do it, right? Okay, so um, part of it too, um, it's best um, for, with, with uh, be specific, um, in the initial ask out, um, I've heard this before and I just think it's really helpful, um, voice to voice is best. At least voice to voice is best, right? It could be a phone call, it could be in person, but at least voice to voice is best. And let's say that um, you're texting, here's what I would do. I would text, say, hey, do you mind if I call you real quick? 
Or, hey, do you mind, are you free later for me to call you? And then they're like, yeah, I'm free, just call. I'm like, okay, great. And then you call, and you ask out. It's great, it's really easy. Okay, at least voice-to-voice -voice is best. Do not slide into DMs, don't text, at least voice-to-voice -voice is best. Now, I'm getting so nuanced and nitty-gritty right here. <laughs> um, I, again, Isaac's opinion, okay. I think it's okay to like, <laughs> I think it's okay to, um, uh, kind of work through logistics. So if you ask them out on the phone, but then there's like scheduling stuff like that, I think is okay to like figure out via text. Um, but at least the ask out and in interest, the like, hey, I'm curious to get to know you, um, at least voice to voice. Okay, number seven, your friends should know you're going on a date. Your friends should know you're going on a date, right? If you're doing things in secret, that means there's unhealthy stuff going on in your life. And you need to figure that out before pursuing dating, right? Your friends should know you're going on a date. Number eight, keep the date between one to three hours. Keep the date between one to three hours, right? If you have a seven-hour road trip, you can't come back from that. <laughs> if you get in the car and they're like, what are we doing? And you're like, we're driving to Atlanta. <laughs> there's, there's no, like, you, you can't. Okay, so keep the date between one to three hours. You can always add more, you can always have more dates later, right? But, um, but find a, a meal, an activity where you can at least talk for an hour, right? So it's part of an activity, but half time we can at least talk, right? So one to three hours. Any shorter than that, you probably didn't vibe. Any longer than that, try to keep it short because then it just starts getting really long. And then um, if you longer than three hours, um, unintentionally, it just starts moving more into exclusivity, right? So to keep it friendly, um, keep it between one uh, to three hours. Uh, number nine, uh, keep the conversation 50-50. Y'all, I talk a lot. I talk so much, man. So I need to remember when I'm on uh, dates with my wife, now keep the conversation 50-50, right? Don't just talk about my day, ask her about her day. Don't just don't talk about my stuff, ask her about her stuff, right? And you can, uh, you can YouTube this, the Ford method I think is really helpful for conversations. Family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. If you don't know what to ask to keep the conversation going, just ask about family, ask about occupation, job, ask about recreation, and then ask about dreams. Okay, number 10. Um, end well and no physical romance in um, friendly dating. Hugs are okay. This is why dating, this, this, this is why dating gets so weird. And this is why even in um, healthy dating, we've borrowed from hookup culture. Because in hookup culture, like, like physical contact is immediate. Physical contact is like the first thing that you do, right? And now we just watch rom-coms and we watch movies um, that, that we think is dating. And then they set such unrealistic expectations around what a first date should be like. Um, it is nothing like the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> it's not, Right? If you've been on first dates, it's not like that. It's not, it's not real, right? It's not like any rom-com that you would see, right? It's, um, it's good and it's fun. It can be a little awkward, right? And then even and at the end, you get to it, and there's like, it's not a failure if you didn't get a kiss. It's not a failure if you don't kiss, right? It's even like holding hands is like really weird, even if you're on like a second date or a third date, because let's say that then you no longer are in a friendly dating relationship with or... Um, We'll get to that. I'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, so uh, no physical romance. Hugs are okay. Uh, here's, let me give you a, this is like a varsity pro tip. Varsity pro tip. At the end of the date, say something along the lines of, hey, I had a great time. Would you like to go out again? Before you get back into your car, right? Before you drop someone off, right? Just say that. And then that person 
um, we'll, we'll say, oh, wow, yes, I would. Or, hey, you know what? I had a great time tonight, but no thank you, I'm not interested. That provides clarity, right? So end well, no physical romance, um, hugs are okay. Now, if you're like, wait a second, are we like not kissing until we get married? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about exclusive dating next week. And that's where we're going to talk more about romance, talk more about physicalness. But in friendly dating, casual dating, non-exclusive dating, we're just getting to know people, um, no, physical, no physical romance. Um, number 11, um, evaluate with your friends. Evaluate with your friends, right? Evaluate the person. What did you like about them? What did you not like? Evaluate yourself. Um, like, what did you notice in yourself that was going on? Were you bored? Um, were you, what, um, were you, like, romantically idealizing this person? Um, and then also the experience. Like, did you like the experience or did you not like the experience? But this is so key. Evaluate. Make sure you evaluate the friendly date experience with your friends and process with them. Number 12. Three more. Um, limit friendly dates to one to two per week. Limit friendly dates to one to two per week. Here's what happens. You go on a friendly date. And then it's like, ooh, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, friendly date. And the next day, tomorrow, friendly date. And now you're exclusive because you've basically been hanging out all week. See how that works? So here's how to slow down the process and allow time to process and to kind of think through and really evaluate if this is someone that you want to move into an exclusive dating relationship with is limit friendly dates to one to two per week. Okay. Probably this may be the most controversial one. Number 13. Use wisdom around friendly dates with multiple people. Ooh. Use wisdom around multiple dates with friendly people. Can, so the question, here's the question. Can I friendly date multiple people at the same time? Right? You're asking that? Yes and no. It depends, right? Um, if you are not a healthy person, don't, because you can't handle it. Right, because then uh, there's there's because then you'll like start um, uh, just like being weird with it, and then start asking out like entire friend groups, and like there's like a row of people like at the table, and you're like I've asked every single one of them this week, and I've gone on a date with all of them. That's weird, right? That's not that's not wise, right? Um, but if it's a okay, this person over here, well, also this person over here, because here's what happens. Um, the pro of um, going on friendly dates with multiple people is that you, you don't get caught up and start pining over one person and start thinking everything's about that one person, right? Whenever you're getting to know different people at the same time, it helps guard against um, pining and romanticizing, right? Um, so yes and no, it gets weird. Uh, process with your life group and your D group for more specifics about your specific situation. Um, uh, number 14, friendly date with confidence and not fear. Friendly date with confidence and not fear, right? So now, what do I mean by that? For some of us, we may go on a friendly date, and then we feel fear that we may automatically be branded as a couple. And that's why we don't even say yes to a friendly date in the first place, because, like, I don't want to be a couple with them, and people are going to think we're a couple if they, if they know, like, I went to coffee or I did an activity with someone, Right? So that's fear. That's fear-based dating. That's fear-based living, right? Or for some of us, we may fear hurting someone. Now, here's what it's going to take. So I want us to friendly date with confidence and not fear. Um, uh, patience and consistency are your friend. It's going to take time. It's going to take process. If you're not already in the friendly dating process, it's going to take time to kind of ramp up and gear into the process, right? It's going to take time, and it's going to take patience. And here's the last thing I'll say. Um, you're not going to do it perfectly. You're going to mess up. And whenever you mess up, if you've um, harmed somebody, you ask for their forgiveness. 
If you've been harmed, you forgive someone, you're not going to do this perfectly. You're going to fumble, right? You're going to think, I'm ama- this is me. Like, I was like, I'm amazing at dating. Like, people should just write a book about how amazing I am. And then I messed up. And that just, like, crippled me. I was like, oh, man, I'm not perfect at dating. I wasn't because we're not perfect at anything, including dating. So you're not going to do this perfectly. But here's what we want. We want just consistency, right? Moving forward in a manner worthy of the Lord, walking towards Jesus, right? As we are um, getting to know different types of people and cultivating what we think is a really good fit for us. And again, next week, I'm going to talk more about moving into exclusivity and what being in exclusivity is like um, in, in relationships. Okay. So, so that's the end of the message. Yeah. Um, uh, we're, so with that, um, uh, we have a really good friend of ours um, that I'm actually going to invite up, uh, Lucas Eddings. And um, we're having a, a family moment where um, Lucas is going to talk to us about some of the things going on um, in his world. So just want to invite Lucas up and, um, so he can chat with us. So you want to give Lucas a hand? I got, I got a mic for you. I got you. I got you. How are you, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There it is. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I got a yee in the crowd. That's, that's right. Yeah. People are alive. Hey, so, um, yeah. Um, I have a tendency to tell really long stories. Um, so I'm going to try not to do that right now. Um, but I want to share something with, uh, with y'all. Uh, in particular, my wife and I, um, I'm going to take this off, it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> my wife and I, over the last few months, have been um, discussing uh, what life looks like for us um, and uh, talking about dreams and, and where, and before we even got married, the things that we were seeking, um, the things that we felt like God was leading us to. Um, and over the last few months, um, we things began to happen. You know, if you're in residency, you you hear about these these things called Kairos moments, and you hear about uh, uh, these moments in your life where, um, when something seems out of the norm, you, you begin to pay attention to it and start asking questions like, "God, what are you trying to say to to us?" Um, and so. That happened uh, to us, and it's been something that we've been chewing on for. You see, I'm telling a long story already. I haven't even gotten to the point yet. What I'm trying to say is um, I have been offered a worship pastor position um, at another church. Uh, and uh, my wife has also been offered a position at that church. Um, and we are taking it. Um, and tonight is our, well, yeah, it's our last uh, night leading at the table, uh, and it's 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 hard. It's hard. Uh, I am comforted by the fact that it's so hard to say that we're leaving because being here has been um, such a joy, and being able to to worship with you all has been something that um, that it, it keeps us going. It has it has kept us and it has encouraged us um, as we have as my wife and I have uh, pursued um, what it is that God has had for us and 
um, the next step for us is, well, we're stepping into it. Um, I'm going to be a worship pastor uh, and uh, um, for a church in, uh, not too far from where I am from in Alabama, whoop, roll tide. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wanted to let you all know because um, more than the rest of the stuff that I get to do on campus, or I got to do rather, my last official day is on Thursday. Um, but more than the, the other stuff that I got to do, being able to step into this space um, with you all and uh, to, to just press into the Holy of Holies and, and to sing about this God that loves us so much has been, uh, and I'm speaking for myself and my wife, has been a huge blessing uh, for us. And we are going to miss, uh, we're going to miss this and we're going to miss you all greatly, deeply. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm a little tired. I only got like three hours of sleep last night. It's been rough. We're, we're, I'm trying to like sell my apartment and like sell a car and sell two cars. It's it's a hot mess. Um, but yeah, it's can't hear it in my voice. I'm <laughs> uh, it's hard. It is difficult to stand before people who you've been standing with and, and say it is for us to go. And I want to be very clear that it, this is something that we're running to. Um, and we're running after what we believe God has for us. And so um, we love you guys. And um, if I could leave you with anything, I would say finish the race. Keep taking steps forward. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget the goodness of God. And as the song says, yes, I will continue to say yes to God. I promise you, it'll lead you to places that you never thought you'd be in. It'll, it'll, as we're talking about relationships, hey, I got, I found my wife on a dating app. You know, we had that conversation the other day. You, I would, uh, let me tell you something. It wasn't Tinder, by the way. I just want to clear that up. Tinder's a hot mess. Um, but if you, I'm telling you, if you'll trust in God, continue to trust in God, and then let that show as you as you step into these places where you're coming together with a bunch of believers and you lift your hands in worship and, and you say with your heart that Jesus is Lord. I promise you, he will keep you. He will keep you. Don't look to man because I am really close to perfect, but I'm not there just yet. But look to Jesus. Thank you. That was a joke. Some of y'all are like, oh my God. <laughs> no. Look to Jesus. If I look to Jesus, look to Jesus. If you are in here today and you don't know Jesus and you're just kind of, you know, trying to figure out life, man, look to Jesus. I promise you, you can trust him. And where I'm going, I'm going to say the same thing to them because the job doesn't change. The calling doesn't change. Sometimes the location changes. Um, and I will ramble up here for a really long time if I don't let this mic go. So um, I, that's all I have. Yeah, yeah well, Lucas, we, uh, we... Man, dude, we love you. Um, yeah, we're absolutely, um, it's just so blessed by you and for Carolina here in the season that we've had. And um, something that we say, and this is not the, the first time, and it won't be the last time, uh, so because something that we say here at the table is we love to see people go. Um, and, and because we know that the kingdom of God 
will continue being expanded, not just here in Orlando, but also in Alabama as well. And God's going to use you in Carolina. And man, I'm just so just thankful just for you, just hearing the, the voice of God for, for you and for your family. And um, yeah, we love you. We're going to miss you, but we're super, super thankful for you and excited for you. Yeah. So here's what I want to, if you would, just extend your hand. Um, next week, um, next week we're going to have more time um, to be able to just to pray with them and process and to pray over them. Um, but just as we're, you guys are hearing this and processing, I'm going to pray over Lucas right now. And then after the service, you know, if you want to come chat with him, I'm sure he would love that. So, um, Father, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your son, Jesus, God, and so thankful for your spirit. And God, I'm just so, man, um, with Lucas and Carolina, we're just so grateful um, just for, for getting to spend time with them here in Orlando. And God, we're just so excited. I mean, with them in celebration um, of getting to, to send them off um, to go do ministry in Alabama. Um, God, and we know that um, it's, it's bittersweet for us, God, but there's still at the root so much joy. Um, joy in you, joy in your son, Jesus, God, and joy in just this experience. God, I'm just praying blessings over their life. Um, and we love you. In Jesus' name.